everybody! Welcome to Broomsticks and Braille, Harry Potter fan fiction. My name is JJ, and it's so good to be back. I know I went MIA there for a while. Um, I The holidays caught up to me, and yeah, things just got kind of crazy. But I am back, and I'm so excited to be back. Um, I just want to say I'm amazed. I came back to um, the Anchor app, um, and looked at the number of listens I've gotten since I've been away, and it it's just been awesome. I'm so excited um, to see that, you know, people are still following, and, and new, I've got new listeners, and yeah, I'm very excited. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much, everybody. Um, I want to thank again the people that um, wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, if you haven't, go for it. Go to Apple Podcasts, and you can write a review um, on this podcast. I believe if you search for the podcast, um, and you go to the page with the description and whatnot, you can leave a review there. So if you are so inclined, do it. Um, yeah, so it's good to be back. It's a happy new year and I'm pretty excited about what I've got, um, this week. So, uh, let's get into it. Alright, so for this week's episode, I am going to read one of my original fanfics, and I'm, as usual, just excited about this. So, um, I will be reading, it's called Until We Ask, and it's by Resevius, which, you know, is me. So, um, just want to give a little bit of history on how I decided to read this today, and just a history on the fanfic itself. So, I knew I wanted to read a fan fiction today, um, just because, you know, New Year's Day, New Year, new fresh start, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and I couldn't decide which fanfic to read. And then I remembered what today is. Um, technically what yesterday is. So I'm a day late, but hey. Um, so apart from being Voldemort's 93rd birthday, mm-hmm, our lovely, lovely, lovely Dark Lord would have turned 93 yesterday if he hadn't so vigorously sought immortality. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but apart from that, <clears throat> yesterday was the six-year anniversary of me publishing one of my favorite fanfics that I've written. Um, so Until We Ask is the title of it, and it's a fanfiction about um with characters debating whether or not Remus and Sirius are actually a couple so oh my gosh looking back on writing this I just uh, I had so much fun um so uh so back then it was December of 2013 and I had just gotten into fan fiction that year and um you know I was Remus and Sirius just quickly became my favorite couple in the whole Harry Potter fanfiction universe. I I love this couple. I think they're probably one of the most plausible couples in the whole universe, in my opinion, um, because they are such background characters. There's a lot of ambiguity there. Um, so I really enjoy Remus Sirius. I love reading it. I love writing it. I love thinking about it. And so I decided, okay, I want to make a fanfic out of this. Like, let's just make a fanfic about fanfic, because that those are also some of my favorite fanfics. Um, so, um, I did a little bit of research, 
and I found, yeah, I was still an English major at this point, so I'm still quite an English nerd. Um, but I did find a couple of essays that people had actually written about the topic. Um, and they're both very, very good. Um, they're very detailed. They go into, they look for evidence to support, um, their case. And I mean, they, um, I think both of them uh, quoted, put quotes in and like cited the quotes with page numbers. I mean, they just, both these authors went really in detail about whether or not they believed Remus and Sirius were a couple. So first there was, um, I'm going to give credit to um, the authors here um, because I don't own all the ideas in my fanfic. I did take a couple of um, the ideas. I didn't um, quote them word for word, I paraphrased a lot. Um, and then a lot of it is my own, um, creative thought there. So, um, the first essay I found is, um, I found it on LiveJournal and it's by Elwing, E-L-W-I-N-G. Um, it's the case for R slash S version 2.5. Um, I think it's version 2.5 because it was written after book six came out. Um, when we find out that Remus ended up with Tonks, um, which don't worry, my lovely listeners, I will be addressing that issue. Um, yeah, so that is the first essay. And then there was one also on live journal by Moonlit Woods, all one word, and it's Remus slash Sirius versus Remus slash Tonks in canon, contrast and compare. Um, so as I said, both of these essays were very, very well done. Um, authors, Elwing and Moonlit Woods, if you happen to be listening to this by, you know, amazing fan fiction gods work, um, I, I'm really, really impressed with the work you guys put into these essays. And, um, yeah, so like I said, I filched a little bit from them, um, just to pat out this story and then, you know, some of my own, um, so that was super fun. And then the final piece that I had to put together was who, how, when, what, why, where, all that good stuff. So basically, who was I going to have debate this? Which Harry Potter characters and in what setting? So what I ended up going with, um, well, let's see. I think originally I had Lily and James and like some other random uh, Marauder era characters debating about it. Um, up in heaven as they're watching over Remus and Sirius. And I think originally it was, would Remus end up with Sirius or would he end up with Snape? Um, <laughs> so that was fun for a while, but it wasn't going anywhere because I didn't have enough. There just wasn't enough to make it plausible. Um, there wasn't enough of the, like, the in canon to use and it, it just wasn't going anywhere. Um, and then I had Harry, Ron, and Hermione debating it, and it was kind of this cute little rom-com idea where, you know how those adorable little rom-coms where, like, people are talking about other people, and the other people, like, just keep walking through the room sporadically, and the first people are like, oh, no, we're not talking about you, whatever, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it was a cute idea, but again, I ran into the issue, well, I ran into the opposite issue, where, um, it would, there wasn't enough room for ambiguity. Um, because it was the main characters. So I think if Harry, Ron, and Hermione had debated this, it, it would have been in canon. Um, so it, it wasn't working out. So I was like, okay, where, how am I going to do this? Um, and I finally settled on Ginny Weasley, Fred Weasley, and George Weasley debating this. 
and that turned out to be the perfect um character the perfect characters to debate whether or not Remus and Sirius are a couple um they're background enough that it could have happened it could have happened in canon and that's one of my favorite things about fanfic I think I've said this before on this show I love fanfics that make you go huh it could have happened and just play with canon um the background uh, of, of canon of the original books so I just had boatloads of fun writing this um trying to get you know Ginny Fred and George in character um trying to you know add a little humor alongside it um yeah so this fanfic is a little bit long I I think it's over like 2,000 words let's see Oh, it's, yeah, it's about 3,000 words. So it is a little bit on the longer side. So get some popcorn, get some something yummy, whatever, um, and enjoy. Um, I th- oh, yeah, one more thing I forgot to say. Um, I set this um, in the late, a little bit late in Order of the Phoenix. So it's kind of... Um, I said it in a pretty decent spot because there's a little bit, like I said, it, it will address the Remus and Tonks issue. Um, and it's, there's still, you know, that ambiguity there. So, all right, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoy this. It, um, here we go with Until We Ask by Resevius. Ginny found the twins seated in a corner of the crowded common room. Perfect. After the DA disaster, she preferred busy spaces for private conversations. I need to talk to you, she said, sitting beside Fred. About Harry. At your service, said Fred cheerfully. Are you going to ask him outright, or would you prefer a more elaborate affair? She didn't blink. I could ask you the same thing. What do you think would be the best way for Harry to talk to Sirius? They stared at her, taken aback. Harry wants to talk to Sirius? asked George. Yes, and if anyone can make it happen, you two can. Wise deduction there, sis. Fred reached into his bag and withdrew ink, quill, and parchment. And an excellent opportunity for us to cause a little mayhem. Now, let's see. Ginny watched, interested, as Fred began to write out an idea involving Umbridge's evening pumpkin juice and a puking pastille. Did Harry say why he fancies a chat with Sirius? asked George. Ginny shook her head. He's looked very down lately, though, like something's bothering him. Maybe he's figured out that Sirius and Remus, Fred began, but stopped when George elbowed him. When Fred looked at him, George pointed to a line on the parchment. Too simple, Fred. Umbridge would have Umbridge would recover before Harry even reached the seventh floor. Besides, we want Umbridge away from her office, not the whole school to lose their appetites. Fred nodded and crossed out the line. I wondered that myself, said Ginny, taking out her wand and a small rubber ball. I'm surprised Sirius and Remus haven't said anything, especially seeing as Harry hates being left out in the dark. You'd think they'd want him to know if they're together. She waved her wand and watched intently as the ball began to zoom around her. The twins exchanged a surprised look. "'You think they're a couple, too?' asked Fred. Ginny caught the ball just as it zoomed past her face. "'It's obvious, isn't it? They live together. They stay close to each other if they're in the same room. You yourselves told me that they put their names 
You yourself told me that they put both their names on Harry's Christmas gift. I think they had to, Ginny, said George patiently. Remus isn't exactly well off, and Sirius could hardly walk into Gringotts anymore. Come to think of it, those books might have been even been hand-me-downs. Taking the quill from Fred, he began to write something. No one else got anything from Remus, as far as we know, Ginny pointed out, unperturbed. And Harry hasn't contacted him for, with any regularity since he taught here. Why put his name on that gift at all? Unless the books were his. Seems an odd choice of gift from a couple, though. Oh, seems an odd choice of gift from a couple, though, mused Fred. He was digging through his pockets while reading George's plan. I mean, wouldn't they want to give their surrogate son something more suggestive? Ginny stared at him incredulous. Then she cursed when she got hit in the head by her own ball. What kind of presumption is that? She demanded, rubbing her head. Do mom and dad give us romantic photos of them for our birthdays? No way! What they, got, what they get up to is not our business. Looking for this? George handed Fred a suspicious-looking black bulb with legs, and Fred thanked him. Turning back to his sister, he said, Fred and I give joint presents all the time. Does that mean that we're... Does that mean that he and I are snogging? Fred shuddered. Thank you for that image. You and Fred are identical, was Ginny's matter-of-fact response. But since we're making comparisons, I think Remus and Sirius are much more physically comfortable with each other than the two of you have ever been, and they come from an older generation. Even today, two men touching each other more than necessary, no matter how platonic, makes people wonder. Case in point, Fred remarked. I don't think the decoy detonator will last long enough either, George. George shrugged and crossed out the line. And don't get me started on how much they look at each other, Ginny went on, relentlessly, releasing the rubber ball into the air again. They fix their eyes on one another more than Ron and Hermione, but neither of them is awkward about it. Remus does look at Sirius quite a lot, Fred agreed thoughtfully. Imagine that, George snorted. A responsible ex a responsible ex prefect keeping an eye on his escaped convict friend. George's George's ardent emphasis on the word friend made Ginny smile to herself. Getting her quiet brother all riled up was quite entertaining. You know, when you put it that way, that might be the reason Remus moved into Grimald Place in the first place. Fred sounded torn. To babysit Sirius? Babysitting, huh? Ginny had a very creepy smirk on her face. Oh, how that can be twisted. George made a strangled sort of yelping noise and dropped whatever he'd... Whatever he'd just taken from his pocket. Ginny saw a small ball of white streak across the room and explode with a soft poof against Angelina Johnson's dark head. Angelina whipped around, squinting furiously through a dusting of white feathers, but the twins appeared to be looking for something. Ginny shrugged at Angelina, and the pranked girl turned away. Reemerging with what looked like a spare quill in his hand, George gaped at the demure-looking Ginny. "'Who are you?' he said hoarsely. Ginny folded her arms huffily. I'm your almost 15-year-old sister. George appealed to his brother, but Fred was looking at his 
at the youngest Weasley with a mixture of amusement and pride on his face. Resigned, George tried to bring the discussion back. Okay, here's something to think about. If Remus and Sirius are a couple, why do they still look like they do? All, you know, unkempt and shabby. Wouldn't they want to try to fix each other up for one another? They are wizards, after all. They're two grown men reunited after twelve long years, said Ginny sagely. I doubt their biggest concern is how they look. She smirked at... She smirked again at George. Besides, they both look a little wild, but vulnerable, too. Kind of sexy, I'd say. George, however, was on a roll. But why were they separate for twelve years? If they were that close, where was Remus when Sirius was chucked in Azkaban? Not mooning over his love, if you ask me. He avoided the issue altogether in our fifth year. He got a little upset on the one occasion Sirius was brought up in class, Ginny remembered. Colin Creevy said something about the sighting they reported in the Prophet, and he actually dropped his chalk. He changed the subject quite quickly, too. Quite a show of emotion for Remus. George seemed nonplussed, but Ginny shrugged, still following her own train of thought. Honestly, we don't know enough about their school days to say they were or weren't together before, before now. Fred, who had been watching Angelina pluck feathers from her hair for the last minute, looked around. Speaking of their school days, I don't think either of them has ever mentioned a girlfriend in, a lo- in all the time we've talked to them. That's true, Ginny agreed eagerly. I saw that picture of them in the order. They were both very good-looking. Wouldn't Sirius, at least, have been a player? I could see that, Fred frowned. George made a dismissive gesture. The life of a marauder's rather busy, you know. Not much time for romance. Officially taken on the title, have you? Ginny teased, but something seemed to have occurred to Fred. What about Tonks? George jumped on the suggestion. Yeah, Ginny, what about Tonks? She and Remus spend a lot of time together, and Remus seems to really like her. For the first time since they'd started discussing, Ginny looked unsettled. She fixed thoughtful eyes on the floating ball in front of her, but when she moved to grab it, it flew away again. That could be a problem for all three of them. If Remus and Sirius are together, someone's in for a broken heart. Fred didn't like the crease between Ginny's eyebrows and spoke placatingly. Remus is more careful than that. He'd make sure things were cool as the giant squid's tentacles with Sirius before trying anything with Tonks. Ginny still looked uncertain. Would it be worth it, though? Remus is much... Remus is much older than Tonks. He's sadder than she is. Sirius is more bitter than Remus, Fred countered. With that logic, neither couple works. But happy lovers or not, I don't think one excludes the other. In an apparent effort to revitalize the conversation, George interjected, Hey, on the loose topic of love triangles, don't you think Sirius talks an awful lot about Harry's father? They were best friends, George, Ginny protested. Her movements were cat-like as she caught the ball. Practically brothers. I reckon Sirius still misses him terribly. Besides, she continued, when George opened his mouth, Sirius strikes me as the type who would put friends before anything, even a lover. Wouldn't that bother Remus just a little? George argued. Remus doesn't seem the jealous type. Oh, Remus doesn't seem the jealous type, Fred observed. 
And even if he is, what does he have to be jealous of now? Or ever? Mr. Potter was too busy chasing his future wife when they were together. Or when they were younger. Kind of like Sirius is busy keeping Harry safe these days, George said triumphantly, as Harry himself climbed through the portrait hole with Ron and Hermione. If Remus is the love of Sirius's life, why does he get to go out on dangerous order missions while Harry's kept safe and sound? Remus can take care of himself, said Ginny. So can Harry, George insisted. He's escaped you-know-who, what, four times now? And taught us some very advanced magic in the D.A. It looks to me like Sirius cares more about Harry than Remus. Loves him more? Now George was getting daggerized from both his siblings. You're as bad as Ron, said Ginny coldly. George seemed to shrink a little under the stare Ginny obviously got from their mother, but opened his mouth defiantly. Before he could speak, however, Fred raised his hand. In a peacekeeping tone, he said, There are different kinds of love, George. Harry probably is the person Sirius cares about the most in the world. That doesn't mean he would be any less attracted to Remus. He loves both of them. One is a godson, one is a best friend, maybe a lover. And Ginny, get your brother straight. Gret and Forge is easier on the ears than Gone and Rorge. George and Ginny began to laugh and shared a smile over Fred's head. Across the room, Angelina was struggling to pull a particularly large mass of feathers from her hair. With an exasperated with an exasperated growl and another suspicious look at the twins, she stood and stalked off to the girls' dormitory. That's it, Fred, George cried suddenly. We need something that will take a while to clear up. Fred grinned excitedly. How are we doing on those por- on those portable swamps? There's still a bit left when you There's still a bit left when you try to vanish them. Fred shrugged and began to pack up. All the more work for the old toad. He looked at Ginny. You really think Sirius and Remus are shagging? Hey, one's a dog, one's a toad. Hey, one's a dog, one's a wolf. You stir the cauldron. She replied and laughed at the look on George's face. Now you're just grasping at straws, he accused. Why are you so sure they're not? Ginny questioned. George seemed to struggle with himself for a moment before blurting, I don't think either of them is gay. Ginny's eyes sparked, but when she spoke, it was with the air of an it was with the air of explaining to a dejected Gryffindor that being sorted into Hufflepuff didn't mean the end of the world. They could be together without being gay. I think the romantic bond would be more important to them than the label. Fred looked uneasy. But could there be a romantic bond? Gay or straight, Sirius doesn't seem thoughtful enough for a lasting relationship. You know what happened in their fifth year. They nodded. He put Remus in a lot of danger then, just to get back at Snape. Not very romantic, don't you think? We still don't know enough about their school days to say, Ginny reiterated. They may not have been together at the time, so Sirius was free to be his impulsive self. Or Snape could have even shown interest in Remus, and Sirius was jealous. Snape and Remus? George looked horrified. Ginny shrugged. Anything's possible when you don't know someone very well. I suppose, George mumbled. But still, what if Sirius and Remus got with, got with each other? History, for one, Ginny began. They grew up together and have similar interests. And they've got more than 
a house in common now. They're both outcasts for different reasons, which must get very lonely. But they also complement each other. Sirius is reckless. Remus is cautious. Sirius broods. Remus usually tries for optimism. Sirius is wicked confident. Remus is reserved. I think they're a very compatible balance. Silence followed the speech. Both twins looked rather impressed, but George had his, had his mother's obstinacy. That's a lot to risk for a few snogs. I don't think Remus would initiate or agree to it. You think sex negates friendship? Jenny challenged. I mean, yes, things would change between them, but they're much more mature than, say, Ron and Hermione. I see them sharing the kind of romance that would bring them closer together. I think that argument is the crux of this discussion, Fred chimed in. There's something to be said for two people who pick up where they left off after 12 years of distance. They're bonded. We just don't know if romance is part of that bond. Speaking of the point of this discussion, George began, is this why Harry is so keen to talk to Sirius all of a sudden? And if it is, why now? If Sirius is in love with Remus, wouldn't he want to be honest with his godson, at least? Not if he thought Harry would have a problem with it, Ginny replied. Not if he thought the knowledge would stress Harry even more. Look at how careful everyone has been with him lately, even Sirius. Harry's more accepting than that, Fred stated. He hardly blinked when it came out Hagrid is half-giant. Maybe he does know and is respecting their wishes to keep it quiet. I think Remus, at least, would fear rejection. The world has a hard enough time seeing past his being a werewolf. Well, we don't know why Harry wants to talk to Sirius, Ginny reminded them. Personally, I'm not so sure it's because of this. Between the old Toad, you-know-who, and OWLs, I reckon he's got more relevant things on his mind than people's relationships. There was a pause. Ginny's rubber ball flew a little higher than before, so that she had to stand to catch it. When she sat back down, George was looking stubborn again. I still think Remus and Tonks are acting more conventionally romantic lately. It was Ginny's turn to satisfy. I'm not denying that there's something between those two, passionate or forced. But like Fred said, one doesn't exclude the other. If Remus, and, if Remus ends up with Tonks in the future, he still could have been with Sirius in the past. And if he's with Sirius, it doesn't mean he can't be with Tonks down the road. He's still quite young. It's down to Remus, then, Fred concluded. Either he's never been with Sirius, or he is and will have to leave him or reject Tonks. But consider this. Remus is the epitome of private. No one's going to know for sure unless he tells them. Not even Harry. Speaking of which, George gestured to a table on the opposite side of the room, where Harry was studying what looked to be career pamphlets. We'd better go talk to him now, Fred. Fred nodded, and after saying goodbye to Ginny, the twins departed. With a sigh, Ginny idly began to chase the rubber ball again, practicing for the upcoming match against Ravenclaw. Certainty, she decided, was a lot like a golden snitch. Every time you think it's within your grasp, a bludger or quaffle distracts you, and you have to start over, with more tactics to think about than you had before. The only way to catch the snitch was to pursue it, and to keep chasing until it was in your hands. Then, thinking of the Quidditch World Cup last year, she supposed there was still room for ambiguity.
there would still be discussion after the game was over, play-by-play recounts of the events that led up to that big finish. And you could bet that there would always be at least two versions of the story. there you have it until we ask by Resevius. I hope you've enjoyed this reading of it. So yeah, um, lots to unpack in there. Lots of evidence, lots of back and forth. I think my bias showed a little bit. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I guess there's not much else to say about this story. Um, obviously Ginny was for Fred, George was against and Fred was kind of in the middle um, so that was just a lot of fun to put that together. I also had a lot of fun um, having the background stuff, like the pranks, um, planning of the pranks, and um, having Ginny chasing the rubber ball, practicing her um, seekering. Um, yeah, that just sort of blossomed right there. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I personally, I, I think there's a lot of evidence in the, um, in the book, t- in the book series to support that Remus and Sirius were a couple. And actually, come to think of it, there is something I do want to address, um, because I usually put, um, my own kind of personal background in here, um, in this segment. So something I do, um... I don't know. I, I hope I did all right. I kind of slightly wish I'd done better, but um, that I'm really proud of that I included in here is no one ever seems to take into account that Remus could have been bisexual. They're all like, oh, well, if he was with Tonks, he couldn't have been gay and he couldn't have been with Sirius. And it's like, uh, okay, there's this thing called bisexuality. I know the straight and gay community don't really want to acknowledge it lots of the time, even today, but it is a thing. Um, I personally really like the idea of a of a bisexual Remus. I think it's cute. Um, there's a lot to be said for him being gay too, though. Like just pure gay. Um, I've seen a lot of fanfics where they make Remus, um, you know, only attracted to men. And that's another thing he has to deal with on top of, on top of being a werewolf. There's also the argument too, that he went with Tonks um, I've seen this before as well, where he goes with Tonks, you know, to keep up the illusion of being straight. Um, there's just so many angles you could go with this. And I mean, I, I tend to be a fan of LGBT literature in general. Um, cause hi, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, um, if you get into the topic of this debate, whether or not Remus and Sirius were a couple, I personally am not a fan of the Remus couldn't have been with Sirius because he ended up with Tonks. That completely just pushes bisexuals off to the corner where we just sit and cry and wish that people would acknowledge us more. Um, so that's that's one kind of social issue that kind of springs up from this. Um, and as far as Sirius goes, I... There's actually a lot of evidence that he could have been asexual, like, not had any attraction, period. Because, yeah, there's never any mention. I think J.K. Rowling even went on record to be to say that Sirius never bothered with a girlfriend. Um, so I think I read that somewhere. So that, I mean, leads a lot of speculation, too. Was it because he was with Remus that whole time? Or what was the deal? Um, so that's, I mean, 
I'm going to get out of my, get, get off my bisexual soapbox here for a minute and say, that's another beautiful thing about fan fiction is like, there's so much, um, there's so many scenarios with these two. I've read a fan fiction where Sirius is Remus student. Um, and you know, Remus was actually a teacher in Sirius's time. Um, there's a lot of adorable fanfics of, um, you know, them at school. There's a lot of reunited Remus and Sirius fics. Um, there's a lot of fics that try to figure out what Remus was up to in those 12 years that he just wasn't there. Um, there's a lot. And so I, I think I, that's another reason I love this couple is because it just, to talk about Remus and Sirius, you kind of, at least I do, and you know, I'm a nerd, <laughs> but it kind of is a really good segue into the different dynamics of relationships. I mean, how much, you know, they would fit together as a really codependent relationship. They would also fit together as a really healthy relationship. There's many ways that this could pan out. Um, I've seen them written several ways. Um, so yeah, um, there's a fanfic that, ooh, all right, I'll put this on my list. Um, actually, I might even read it next week just for the hell of it. But, uh, there is a fanfic that, um, it's a fanfic about fanfic, and there's a lot of Remus serious action in it. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about here, but here you go. Um, that's just, there's so much potential with Remus and Sirius as a couple. Um, and I really, I mean, there's so much potential with them as characters, because Remus, I mean he's so he is very private um he also has a mischievous side i mean there's so much to him uh, i kind of have to smile when i'm reading jenny's <laughs> argument for why like what makes them compatible because you can you totally tell it was 21 when i wrote this <laughs> um so that's kind of cute um i mean at the time i was also um heading into probably my first serious relationship <laughs> serious relationship like s-c-r-i-o-u-s for clarity there um yeah but at the time I was kind of working that out as well so I mean there's some parts in this I was reading I was like oh yeah I was totally 21 when I wrote this um which yeah it'd be entertaining to write it out today um Yeah, so there, there's just so much potential with this couple, um, with these characters. I mean, you know, if you really look at Sirius and Remus, um, because there's, I mean, there's two ways to look at fan fiction, um, and not necessarily a dichotomy, but two, there's two options here along with many more. But I found that, you know, fan fiction can be very surface and very shallow, and not in the bad sense, but just very like, oh yeah, here's what we see. I'm just going to make this really cute. And, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a more, uh, more real way to describe it. Um, you know, just kind of that surface level. Here's, here's what it is. Arguably the fan fiction written by 20 year olds. <laughs> um, and then you have the look, you know, the look at fan fiction that's extremely deep, that accounts for Sirius was like, you know, he, when we see him in the books, he was basically a 20-year-old in a 37-year-old's body. Like, or a 30, he was 33 in Prisoner of Azkaban. So he's basically a 20-year-old in a 33-year-old's body, and he never really 
grew up um, in the next two years because he just got chucked back in prison, basically. So, um, you know, from that perspective, there's he's kind of a dick. He, he's kind of an asshole. Um, he's not a very appealing character. And then you have Remus, who, like, I mean, can be pretty depressing when you look at him. Um, so there's just, you know, you can take these characters and make them what you will, um, and look at them very deeply or look at them not so deeply and both ways can produce some pretty amazing fan fiction. (laughs) Um, so I, I love this couple. I love all the potential in fanfic that it has. And I had so much fun writing this fanfic six years ago. Um, it's fun, you know, it's it's also fun to use fanfiction as a platform to talk about different issues, to share about different things, um, you know, which side, uh, to look at all the different sides of a debate or of, or of an issue, a social issue, whatever the case may be. And I know I've, I've talked about this a lot in past episodes as well. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed um, my story until we ask um, as much as I enjoyed writing it and rereading it. Like I said, there are some points I'm like, oh yeah, I was 21 when I wrote this and now I'm 27. My brain is, is a little more developed now. Um, <laughs> got a little bit more experience there, but um, yeah, um, it was fun. So that's that's all I got for this week or for this episode I should say so we'll go ahead and head into the closing all right everybody that's the end of this episode um for this week so uh I don't know a couple announcements I guess um I'm gonna get back into the regular routine that I had established before um the holidays so Monday there will be I'm hitting some writer's block, so I'm not going to promise a new chapter of asking questions, um, but it will be an original fanfic of mine on Monday. And then on Thursday, um, it will be someone else's fanfiction. So um, I'll get back into that pattern in this next week, and we'll go from there. Um, As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, um, you can reach me, JJ, at broomsticksandbraille, H-P-F-F, as in Harry Potter fanfiction, at gmail.com. So that's broomsticks and braille, H-P-F-F, at gmail.com. Feel free to send me any ideas you have um, about the uh, podcast. If you have a fanfic that you would like me to read, please include the link um, to the fanfic um, so I can find it. And yeah, or at least the title and the author, um... Or if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, if you have a fanfiction topic or you want me to find a fanfiction, you say, hey, I, I think this population or this um, issue or this idea or this whatever, I think it needs a voice and I want you to find a fanfic that gives it a voice, um, let me know. I would be very happy to, to do that and to try to find a fanfic. Um, that does that. I'm also definitely open to those ideas. Um, you know, like I said, I, I try to talk about different issues or different experiences that I've had in my life, um, through these fanfics as well. So, 
um yeah so if there if there's something that you want to um have you know aired on here let me know also i do want to put out there as well now that i'm thinking about it um i would like to have guest uh guest speakers guest readers whatever what have you um on this podcast as well um and the cool thing about using the anchor app is uh you can um i can send you a link and you can get in on the episode so if you you know if there's a fanfic that you love or if you want to promote your own fanfic on here i would totally be down for that um you know if you want to read your fanfic or there's something you want me to read and you want to have a discussion about it or you want us to talk about it um i'm seriously open to any ideas i just want um like i said i just want to stick with the format of you know have a fanfic and discuss it um, you know, give it some history, read the fanfic, um, and discuss it. Um, so yeah, so any of that, if you have anything for that, please feel free to send me an email. Um, broomsticks and braille, hpff at gmail.com. Um, leave a review on, uh, Apple Podcasts if you are inclined. I'm, yeah, I, I, I love getting the reviews. They're so exciting. Um, so yeah um and every time you listen i i see it and that in itself is just i gotta say it it is such a gift to come in and realize oh my gosh two more people listened to this episode um in the last like day i mean usually in the first day after i publish the numbers just kind of go up so it's so exciting um i'm doing this because i love harry potter fan fiction and it's also been it's just the podcast is giving me a lot of you know self-reflection opportunities a lot of personal growth opportunities all that good stuff so um so I'm I'm just so happy to be here and I love that there's a lot of listeners so to my listeners thank you guys so much again I I I gush about you every episode and I hope that is not getting annoying but it's gonna keep happening so if it is so sorry um but yeah so thanks everybody um i hope you all have had a safe and happy and joyous new year new year's eve and new year and if you haven't i hope that you know you you can at least at the very least be around loved ones um yeah and here's to 2020 being a really good year 2019 needed to be over for me so and i i know i'm not alone in that so i hope that 2020 is a great year um yeah so cheers everybody as always i will drink to of course it is happening inside your head but why on earth should that mean that it is not real have a great great start to a new year everybody